The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome to Spirit of Recovery, the place where spirituality and recovery meet, with Reverend Anna Schaus, Ph.D. from Soul Matters Ministry in Olympia, Washington. If you'd like to join in the discussion, email us at spiritofrecovery at unity.fm or call into the program with your questions. Now, here's your host, Reverend Anna Schaus. Welcome to Spirit of Recovery, the place where spirituality and recovery meet, where we support your spiritual growth in recovery. My name is Anna Schaus, and I'm your host, and I want to thank all of you that are listening with us today. We're very glad that you're here with us on Spirit of Recovery, and thank you very much for your comments on Facebook. You can find Spirit of Recovery on Facebook and like us. That's always a good thing, and also we love getting your emails, so thank you for sending those in. We're very glad that you're participating here in the Spirit of Recovery community. We always are bringing you great guests that are down to earth, that are sharing on topics that are important to the recovery community, and we are so glad that you are sharing what we do here on Spirit of Recovery with your friends and the people in your recovery, your spirituality communities, and your unity communities, and spreading the word about this great program that we have because we bring you top-notch guests, and they're people that are really... uh, doing the work out there in the recovery world. They're either people who are in recovery themselves, who are working with or writing for people in recovery, and they're people that are on the cutting edge and doing what works in recovery. So thank you for listening again, and thank you for spreading the word about uh, what we're doing here. We know that uh, you're aware that you can listen to Spirit of Recovery in a variety of ways. Obviously, you can listen through your computer online at www.unity.fm. Also, you can listen through your iPhone, through any of your mobile listening devices, and you can listen to archives anytime. Those are available 24-7 at unity.fm on the Spirit of Recovery page. We want you to know that Spirit of Recovery is a welcoming place, and so... If you're a person that's in recovery from any kind of an addiction or if you're a family member that's in your own recovery as a family member or you're the family member or friend of somebody that has the disease of of addiction, whether or not you or they are in your own recovery or you're just curious looking for information about the process of recovery, we welcome you here at Spirit of Recovery. We welcome your uh, questions, your comments, your participation in our discussions and your listening. Again, my name is Anna Schaus, and I'm your Spirit of Recovery host. I'm a unity minister and an addictions counselor. I'm also a person who has in my own circle of love and friendship many people that have the disease of addiction. And over 31 years ago, those relationships got me started on an active path of personal growth and spiritual development and using those 12 steps of recovery uh, for myself as a person uh as a family and friend of those with this disease. And that's a walk that keeps transforming my life. The unity principles are also a very important part of that. So again, I'm very uh, grateful, delighted to have the opportunity to share with you here on Spirit of Recovery and to bring you great guests. Today, my guest is Joe Powell. 
Joe is the Executive Director uh, of the Association of Persons Affected by Addiction, or APAA, and that's a nonprofit organization in Dallas, Texas. This organization is a nonprofit which has the purpose of providing recovery support services for individuals who are in or who are seeking recovery from drug or alcohol addiction, and they're a peer-driven, peer-led recovery community support program. This uh, concept that uh, the APAA uses is uh, out of the new recovery movement. A few weeks ago, I had as my guest Bill White, who is a part of that and who is a colleague here with Joe Powell. And it's a so what Joe Powell is doing here is cutting edge stuff in the field of addiction recovery. And our topic today is You're Not Alone, Peer-to-Peer Recovery Support. And so we're going to be talking with Joe Powell about that. He is also a certified addictions counselor, um, and he is also on the board of Faces and Voices of Recovery, which is the National New Recovery Movement Organization. So welcome to Spirit of Recovery, Joe. We're very glad that you're with us today. Thank you, Anne. Great to be here. Yeah, really glad you're here. So... Tell us a, a bit about what what is peer-to-peer recovery support. We all know that in 12-step programs and so forth that obviously there is peer-to-peer support. Yet what you're doing and, and the new recovery movement incorporates that plus other kinds of whatever recovery paths, but it's, it's also broader. What What is it basically? Well, I think that uh, first of all, just to give you a little bit of, about what is uh, APA and um, and how did this peer-to-peer uh, started? Um, APA again is the Association of Persons Affected by Addiction. Um, and um, before I go any further, it's how I became, um, I guess, who I am with APA. Uh, again, my name is Bill Powell, and I am a person in long-term recovery. And that's only because of long-term recovery that I'm able to be a father today. And uh, and also have a, a loving relationship with God and my understanding and uh, be able to help so many people. And also, only because of long-term recovery, I'm able to be the executive director for APA, the Association of Persons Affected by Addiction, uh, which is a uh, peer-led, peer-ran, and peer-driven recovery community support organization that encourages and supports personal recovery by offering peer-to-peer assistance. Um, and that means a person in recovery uh, helping or a family member or an ally that's helping another person that are seeking or in recovery. And also provides community support services that help support recovery, uh, reduce relapse, and promote a high level of wellness for individuals uh, and their families. Or it could be an individual with substance abuse or substance use, rather, um, and addiction with also a co-occurring mental health challenge also. So it's a recovery community organization that provides supports and services for individuals, their families, and the community. Mm-hmm. This organization, uh, just to give you a little bit about how this recovery movement happened and started for me, and I guess when I met uh, Bill White, uh, it's been wow, since 1998, uh, so it's approximately 14 years ago, uh, that the federal government, SAMHSA, the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services, actually put out a, um, a grant for people in recovery and uh, recovery um community organization, and at that time, it was mainly an advocacy um, uh, grant, and it was a proposal for to help to uh, to help folks to really to learn about and also to advocate for people that are in, that was needing treatment, prevention, and also to promote recovery. And in 1998, that's when uh, when APA, the organization, um, actually formed and organized, and we was able to uh, to bring together some advocates in the community, in the, in the Dallas community. And it was only 20 of those grants uh, that actually uh, was awarded across the country. So uh, we was uh, able to, uh, in Texas, to go down to uh, Austin and to legislate and advocate for more prevention, treatment, and recovery. Uh, so the recovery organization for, uh, as far as advocacy, and that's what the, the collaboration with the grants and the federal government also advocates around the country. And, uh, and you know, this is not new as far as advocacy, but uh, for us it was new, and it was bringing in the recovery community at another level. Um, and there was about 20 of us that actually formed and got together, and I was uh, I actually volunteered the first uh, four years uh, in the first part of the grant. 
which was the advocacy program, I volunteered as the president of APA, and I was working as a licensed uh, chemical dependency counselor at the same time uh, in the mental health and substance use uh, field. But, uh, but the second time, um, the federal government did put out a grant for and changed the scope a little bit, changed it to actually advocating through providing recovery community support uh, services and supports. Um, and that's when we actually uh, changed the scope and went back and forth and got a lot of technical assistance through the federal government and, and, and recovery uh, providers and recovery uh, advocates and recovery community uh, and uh, and people like Bill White and, and, and others, Tom Hill, Faces and Voices of Recovery, um, to actually learn more about well, what is how do we provide recovery support services uh, in the community. Uh, so these recovery community organizations pretty much started up. And also, uh, i got to say this, that Dr. Wesley Clark, who at that time was the, uh, the and still is, the, uh, the director of the Center for Substance Abuse Treatment, he always said that only 10% 10% of the country is receiving uh, treatment and needs treatment. So 90% of folks that even have been diagnosed or people or 90% of the country that risk that needed treatment was not receiving the treatment. So how do we, uh, in the community, how do we be uh, more visible and more supportive and how do we help the person that's actually seeking uh, treatment and seeking help and seeking recovery but just don't know how to do that? And I think people in recovery and uh, helping people and the people to seeking and also promoting and making it visible uh, to the point to where, you know, what did, here I am, a person that actually had this chronic illness that almost uh, uh, almost died many times from uh, the, uh, my own addictions with heroin and alcohol, but also had a father and a brother that passed from addiction. Um, and then how do I get the help that I need to uh, initiate and sustain recovery? So that's what the recovery organization, the focus changed in 2002. Um, and in 2002, we received another four-year grant from the federal government to actually provide recovery support services. Um, and that grant went into effect in 2003 and ended in 2007. Um, and as of today, since 2007, uh, uh, Dallas community and there's other seven, six other surrounding communities and counties um, has under managed care. And under the managed care system, uh, we was invited to uh, not after our federal grant ended in 07 was to continue and provide recovery community supports and services uh, in the com in the, within this managed care system. And we could talk some more about that, but we're, but APA is the only uh, recovery organization and the first recovery organization to actually uh, provide recovery support services from peers, in initiated by peers and peers providing these services uh, within a managed care system. What exact kind of services do you provide uh, to the people that come to APA? Well, there's many uh, services, but let me uh, start out with recovery coaching and then and recovery support group. And recovery coaching, which uh, is someone that can uh, provide their own personal experience, their own lived experience, uh, with addiction and overcoming uh, an addiction uh, into, into with recovery. And we honor all roads to recovery. We are an organization that doesn't, uh, we don't uh, have one road and we don't follow just one road. We want to welcome and we want to include everybody in the community. So we honor all roads to recovery, which makes it more of a peer-to-peer. So one of the services that we provide is recovery coaching, and that's a person that is trained um, to actually uh, to be a recovery coach. Um, and then the recovery coach, again, uh, eliminates a lot of the barriers by uh, by really engaging the peer or engaging that other person with the strengths that they have to initiate recovery. So, in other words, that this whole recovery movement, and you heard Bill White talk about it, is really based on the strengths of not only the individual and the family, but it also the community and all, really the whole country, um, and, really, and now moving globally. But uh, the, the, the coach um, relationship is about, and it's formed early with, Finding what is the strength that the that the person is bringing to the to the table that we can initiate recovery. So if a person say, you know, uh, I live in Dallas, Texas, 
Well, that's that's strength based. Not everybody uh, comes from Dallas. I'm one that originally came from Harlem, New York City. Uh, but also, if they say, well, you know, I have a, a a uh, God of understanding. I'm a Christian today, or I go to a 12-step program today, uh, or I have, um, I, for one, I follow the eldest way, and I'm a Native American. Well, there's that's both all three of those are spiritual roads to recovery. So, coaching might be that they need some additional supports and services, including whatever that that person needs to initiate and sustain recovery. So, if I say, well, you know, I have a, uh, I have a God of understanding, and I go to church every Sunday and, and Wednesday, but I don't have a job and I don't have uh, a, a place to stay at this time. I might be homeless. You know? uh, so recovery coach, and especially if the person said, well, you know, and I haven't used alcohol or drugs in the last uh, two months or two years or ten years, but yet I still need some support. You know, I still need some services. I'm out of a job right now. So you can be a part of the recovery community organization. Uh, one is because you have a substance use uh, history, um, or you might even need treatment at a time. So we have people to come in and just stop using alcohol or drugs, you know, this morning. Or oh, he just stopped using yesterday. And so with that person there, the recovery coach is not trained as a counselor. He's trained as a coach. So his job is is to engage them and get them the help and the treatment that they need as soon as possible. So that coach then would, would move into action to finding what treatment is available for that person. Because it would be a, a female or male uh that, that might need services and it might be some specific services that that person needs. So the we, we look at the recovery coaches also trained in to know the difference between what is uh, something that's immediate crisis that and it's out of his scope to get them into the treatment they need. So after treatment, they can come back and be a part of the recovery community. You know, we can help them and then they say, well, whatever road they want to go on, guess what? You know, I mean, we want to help you with that information support. The coach, the coach is also on with different kinds of supports and services, and all of our services fall under four to five different supports, and that is information support. That means any information that a person needs uh, to initiate recovery or just need that information period. So if they say, well, where's the nearest, is there a Unity Church in Dallas, you know? And I heard that Unity Church, you know, offers uh, spiritual uh, groups, you know, and spiritual support groups. And then we can, you know, of course, give them that information of how many is in Dallas or Fort Worth or what's the closest Unity Church where you live, whether it's in North Dallas or whether it's in Lower uh, uh, North Side or Downtown Dallas. Uh, we That information... Uh, the coach is on with, and our job is to get that, that information to them. The next uh, support is instrumental support, and that means what, what's instrumental that this person must have to initiate and engage in sustained recovery, and that means job, housing, or treatment. You know, that uh, he has to, he needs treatment badly because they just stopped using, and of course they might, if they've been using uh, something like an opiate or alcohol, you know, it's going to be some withdrawals, physical uh, risk and the withdrawals that go along with that. So, therefore, uh, the coach's job is to get them into the treatment that they need. But instrumental also is jobs and housing and health care. Um, so, the coach will talk to them, of course, and ask them, you know, what I mean, how are they, how you know, how are they doing as far as eating and sleeping, and how's their uh, their health? And if they say, well, you know, I'm also because of my addiction, you know, I really neglected, you know, that I have diabetes in my family, or you know, I've neglected my health. Period. You know, and and most of the folks that uh, a lot of the folks that we see have done that because many of them have, you know, have come in from maybe a lower income. Uh, 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 socioeconomic uh, status uh, and family, and so uh, a lot of them do need to be attended, attended, you know, in all aspects of their health. So, so under the uh, instrumental support, those services fall under there. Um, and of okay, course, great. We're, our job is to get them. we're going to have to take a break right now, but uh, hold on to that thought. We'll come back and talk some more about the services. Uh, my guest today is Joe Powell. He's the executive director of APA. And uh, he, our topic today is You're Not Alone, Peer-to-Peer Recovery Support. So uh, we'll be back in just a minute and continue our conversation.
we'd like to take a moment to encourage you, as part of our Unity Online radio family of listeners, to support this ministry through a love offering. For your convenience, you can make one-time or recurring monthly donations. Go to www.unity.fm and click on Donate Now. Thank you for your support. Hello, listeners. Did you know we've gone mobile? That's right. Your favorite Unity online radio programs are available on your mobile device. Now you can take us with you wherever you go. Using apps from Live 365 or Stitcher, you can listen to Unity online radio live or on demand. To learn more, visit www.unity.fm and click on Mobile Listening. If I were brave, I'd walk the races where fools and dreamers dare to How's life working for you? Would it be okay with you if it got easier, simpler, yet more meaningful, more vibrant? Join Reverend Carla McClellan Tuesday afternoons for spiritual coaching, creating a vibrant life. Each week, Carla visits leading-edge coaches as they explore the sacred purpose and stunning results of this exciting and emerging coaching model. Together, they reveal the secrets and successes of this transformational process. Call in and join the discussion as Carla creates a safe and sacred place to dialogue about real life and real-world transformations. That's spiritual coaching, living a vibrant life with Reverend Carla McClellan. Tuesdays at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern, right here on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. What if we're all meant to do what we secretly dream? You're listening to Spirit of Recovery, the place where spirituality and recovery meet with Reverend Anna Schaus, Ph.D. If you'd like to share your questions, comments, and experience with today's topics, call us now or email us at spiritofrecovery at unity.fm. We now return to Spirit of Recovery. Welcome back to Spirit of Recovery. We're very glad that you're listening with us today. If you're just joining us, my name is Anna Schaus, and I'm your Spirit of Recovery host. And our topic today is You're Not Alone, Peer-to-Peer Recovery Support. And my guest is Joe Powell. Joe is a licensed uh, chemical dependency counselor, and he is uh, also uh, licensed to work with dual uh, treatment, dual disorders. He's the executive director of the Association of Persons Affected by Addiction, APA, in Dallas, Texas, and that is a, a nonprofit peer-to-peer support uh, service where they work uh, to provide services for reco- ongoing recovery support to get people hooked up with treatment and all kinds of things to extend the power of recovery broadly into the community and really give people the best chance possible to stay clean and sober and also provide support for people's families. But before Joe and I continue our conversation, I invite you to join me in a brief serenity minute, a brief moment to relax, open up our minds and hearts, and make that conscious contact with our higher power as we understand it. So I invite you to share with me this constructive idea. I'm never alone. My higher power gives me strength, both within myself and through the fellowship with my peers. I am never alone. My higher power gives me strength, both within myself and through the fellowship with my peers. Thank you, friends, for joining me with this Serenity Minute. And now I'm back to my conversation with Joe Powell, the executive director of APA, Association of Persons Affected by Addiction in Dallas, Texas. And um, Joe, before the break, you were telling us about uh, some of the services that APA provides that really do help people, uh, gives them the best chance possible to make those connections and stay in recovery or get in recovery. And what are, uh, what's a story that you got about somebody that's been helped through APA, through what y'all provide? Well, 
there's so many uh, different stories on how people uh, get to help and move on. I guess now to bring it, uh, well, you know, there's going back, I guess, all the way to even with Katrina, um, when uh, and it hit um, Hurricane Katrina hit even New Orleans. Uh, uh, we Dallas received twenty five thousand people that came from New Orleans, and Houston received fifty thousand wow. uh, people. And uh, um, we were called as a recovery organization, and uh, we were called into the convention center where all of these people came. And uh, and the reason that we was called was because that we provide recovery support services, and they wanted we wanted to prevent relapse for people that were already in recovery, and then we wanted to sustain recovery for those that were also in recovery and we didn't want them to relapse. Uh, and also, you know, it was to provide the, the recovery supports for those families. Uh, so as a recovery organization, it was uh, really something that was new because it was going that goes back to uh, right around 2003 um, um, and since then to have people that, that actually came through the hurricane and saw so much trauma uh, to be a part of the recovery community, a new recovery community today and make them feel comfortable as they uh, they went on. Uh, the chairman of our board of directors, matter of fact, was one of those that uh, I was able to uh, to help him and his family um, when at the all the way uh, from the convention center or people that were from New Orleans um, to actually get them to be a part of uh, a culture, a recovery culture in the community that they really cared and wanted to move toward health. Uh, you know that that is really uh, hard to do when you, when you're talking about moving a person uh, from their own uh, neighborhood and their own culture um, of New Orleans into a whole new community um, that you know that it, it was also they had experienced all this trauma of uh, from their own family and uh, and also seeing what happens in the community that was destroyed pretty much at that time. Uh, and so we was there to provide the, 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 I was telling you earlier before the break, how we do information, instrumental supports, and instrumental supports, so again, is what's good, uh, what is a person really need for uh, as far as not only job and housing, but for health. And that goes for uh, mental health as well as, uh, you know, substance use recovery. Um, so to be there. Um, and one of the other supports that we do provide is companionship or either affiliation support. So we'll be affiliated with uh, a new family uh, support and people that are also that are in recovery that have also been through something, that have been through a lot of the trauma and drama themselves um, to be there for them. Um, I think that with Katrina, you know, it also made it, it was very important that we had also a community of color of African Americans too that was there that was predominantly uh, hit. Uh, and they, they came from New Orleans to, to here to Dallas uh, to be culturally uh, uh, congruent to the, to the African American communities and people that came from New Orleans. Uh, what was that, that was like awesome. when, when you were in the convention center and and again, all these people were there. They'd been displaced, and there y'all were. Did you just walk around? How did you find people uh, that you wanted to talk to well, that wanted to talk to you? Yeah, yeah, you know, and that's something that we always do. You know, as far as and you said, walk around. Mm-hmm. First of all, you know, one of the things that they did not do the city the city did not let the church into the convention center. So there was inside the convention center, it was mainly the hospital medical personnel and then mental health personnel and us. So all of the providers within that county that dealt with mental health and medical care was there in the convention center and us. And here we are as peers, people that that have overcame addiction and is in recovery. So the recovery organization, so we was able to set up our table. Of course, we had our big stand, you know, after association of persons affected by addiction, you know, and all of us, you know, and I made sure that we, you know, we had, uh, you know, at least, wow, I'm telling 10 to 20 people 
people there. And we had other volunteers, the people in recovery that came to me and called me and asked me could they be with us, and they heard that we was able to, uh, they let us set up in the convention center. Uh, but one of the things I say, and I've always said this, and you might hear, see this quote somewhere, that I say, the peers go where no man has gone before. You know, and that means that, yeah, we don't sit still and wait on anybody to come to us for help. You know, uh, people in recovery will go because we came from a lot of those same places, you know, of course, where people have, you know, experienced all kind of trauma and drama. And so to really to, to actually to go out into even in the convention center and walk around and, you know, and help people and let them know who we were and had on our, all of us had on our T-shirts. And then, of course, we had our tables set up. And uh, and also the uh, the mental health providers, they all you know pretty much all of them knew me and knew about you know the work that we do as far as recovery. Uh, so if anybody was coming for medical care or mental health care, uh, or you know and needed treatment or whatever, you know of course then we would give them you know a ride plus the, the substance uh, use uh, treatment center uh, was available. Uh, so the for transportation, but. Mainly, yeah, us being there, and I think that having that connection, that spiritual connection, that connection there of companionship uh, and support uh, for someone that maybe that had came through this and, you know, and had someone to talk to, we set up group uh, there. I set up a support group, access for space for to do a peer support group for 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 people that were there that wanted to come into Simmons group and be able to share, you know, I mean, how they felt and uh, what was going on with them, and uh, and that was big. I ended up calling the federal government, uh, some people that I know at SAMHSA, and letting them know that what we was doing at the uh, convention center uh, here in Dallas, and they put the word out across the country that uh, that anybody that was having uh, that was doing these kind of uh, assistance for or people from Katrina or from New Orleans uh, to really to set up, you know, support groups for them and that what we were doing in Dallas, you know, and, of course, provide the recovery coaching. So, as a, you know, from that, we became, you know, one of the first responders, you know, now, you know. So, you know, as a first responder for recovery, you know, and it's mm-hmm. being there for, to prevent relapse and to help those to sustain recovery um, and, you know, and provide that, that peer-to-peer uh, relationship, uh, you know, wherever we can. And so, it must have meant uh, so think, much to people in recovery. I mean, having, you know, being displaced by Katrina and being in Dallas all of a sudden in this place. And I mean, they must have been hanging on the, their sobriety by their fingernails. And I'm sure they were glad to see y'all. Were they just thrilled? Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They, they was very glad to see us, you know. And they, I uh-huh. mean, they like, wow, what is this about, <laughs> you know, uh-huh. uh, people in recovery care over there, the rest. You know, it, it, you know, and that's wherever we go. Uh, you know, Katrina was, was a great experience uh, and to show the impact of recovery uh, and what recovery support and services can do. Um, in our communities, and that's what makes it strength-based, you know I mean? It's not mm-hmm. about the problem, but it's about, you know, the strengths of the community and then the strength of, of one peer or person in recovery helping another person in recovery. Uh, and I think that that's so uh, uh, important um, when we're moving forward in this country because now, I mean, the recovery movement, because of that, that's, you know, that was a big, you know, I think that that was a very big deal for the, uh, the recovery movement and to show where we are, uh, not only recovery organizations, but individuals and and also for the community to embrace recovery, for them to even invite us there. I mean, uh, you know, I really appreciate that. I call that a God deal in itself for us to be able to to be in whatever area that we can be of service, you know, and uh, and be those servant leaders. Um, How did you get invited in? How did they, who invited the recovery community in it? It's fantastic. Who, Who thought to do that? Well, you know, I think that only well because you know me you know I mean you know, the relationships that we had formed in the community as far as being a recovery organization the only recovery organization you know it's only is two in the state of Texas that actually was funded by the federal government and so you know our organization and you know I mean knowing that it's a recovery organization and is led by peers, ran by people in recovery, and also knowing that we have, you know, we can help someone to get the treatment if they need it. We can help them with the support services that they needed in the community because we know where housing is. We know, you know what I mean, of course. And also, you know, knowing that uh, where the uh, 
cultural supports are too for that for that community that was here um and so yeah we uh you know i ended up of course in well and even uh the chairman of our board actually ended up working for the city of dallas or the cultural uh katrina they end up forming the whole task force uh and they end up forming of course uh um just for recovery and health of people that came from New Orleans, uh, um, and he was able to help with the city of Dallas and uh, and do a um, a great program to move it forward and move them in recovery. That's fabulous. What impact do you uh, think that this your involvement with the Katrina? You said that it it did move the recovery advocacy movement forward do you think that it's, it's really helped in dallas the fact that y'all did that and, and as you said even hit your chairman of your board now it came out of that experience do you think that you're able to do more in dallas now because of that in some ways or not yeah i think that across the country and i was i really appreciate bill white actually uh doing that, that interview and um uh, and we put that in the uh uh, the magazine, I think, I think it was the Addiction magazine. Uh, but the uh, the impact I think for the whole country to see again that how we how effective and how how potent that peer recovery support services are, and for the country to get that, I think that the community sees that now at all levels and recovery support services now have spread. You know what I mean? Throughout, you know, ministries and industries, you know, uh, schools we have, you know, so it shows how the peer to peer relationship, uh, you know, can really be helpful and take it to a whole nother level of stabilization and health. Uh, and so, yeah, I think that Katrina was one of the early experiences, I guess, you know, definitely with the recovery movement. And, uh, and we had started Faces and Voices of Recovery right then. I, I'm not on the board right now. I'm one of the founders in the first six years on that on that board of directors, uh, uh, and that's the year uh, we started in 2002, 2002, uh, 2003, right, when we initially faced the voices. But I remember being at a baseball game in Washington, D.C. with uh, uh, Johnny Allen and Hazelden and a couple of other people that was, uh, uh, that was uh, leaders around the country when it came to uh, treatment, Betty Ford Institute, et cetera. And, and I remember asking them, um, is, you know, can we get the word out or can we get some help for people that needed treatment? Their lady couldn't afford treatment and might have, of course, lacked those resources even within our own community. And we received uh, word from all over the country, too, that, uh, you know, that people, that we can get some folks some help. Uh, so that was another piece as far as coming together and moving the recovery and the impact of relationships of recovery and what recovery can do. Right. The, um, if people want to read that interview, that is a fabulous interview that you had uh, with Bill White. That's on Bill White's website, and I don't remember the exact address right now, but if people Google William White, they can find that. Right. With many other great interviews. And also, uh, your website, your Apple website, is www.apaarecovery.org. So, apaarecovery.org. People can... Uh, Look that up and uh, visit that site and see all the good stuff that you're doing. So tell us a little more about the about the founding of Faces and Voices. And I have had Nell Hurley, who's the executive director, on here and and uh, back months ago. But anyway, it's it's really important stuff. And like you said, it's a way to extend recovery and, and treatment opportunities to people that might otherwise not have them. So what was the how, what got you excited about? co-founding Faces and Voices of Recovery? Well, I, I think those, uh, wow, they're early on, uh, and it goes back to the first grant, uh, which SAMHSA put out in 1998, is when uh, we started forming those relationships in Washington and across the country and meeting uh, advocates uh, from all over. Uh, uh, guys uh, like Jeff Blodgett, who was uh, uh, a campaign manager for Senator Paul Wellstone, uh, and uh, of course, uh, growing up with uh, with Bill White, and uh, and then 
I mean, we had the recovery organizations that were actually grantees and that was awarded to their peer recovery community organizations grant, and those guys, Phil Valentine in Connecticut and David Weathers in Atlanta, you know, um, and in Portland. And, I mean, we've had uh, all of the guys that started with us, um, Andre Johnson out of Detroit. Um, but when we uh, when we got to um, to that first got through with the first advocacy grant, I think that advocacy grant was great because it gave us some ground foundation, and it was able for we was able to map the communities for recovery. We was able to map uh, even the the, uh, the country for who promotes recovery and who don't promote recovery, and what legislators and what what to do. How do we move forward from here? And I believe so. We had a recovery summit in two thousand and two okay. that really. That thought. It's time for our time for our break, but hold that. We'll talk about it some more when we come back. Listeners, I'm talking okay. with Joe Powell about peer-to-peer recovery. You're never alone. So join us in just a few moments. We'll be right back. Who have you come here to be? It's a question we all ponder from time to time. Reverend Kelly Isola, host of Spiraling Consciousness, and her co-authors have crafted a guidebook that will take you on a profound journey. If you long for love, peace, and joy, or yearn for commitment, passion, calm, or clarity, this book teaches you that you already have all of these within you. Whatever you long to experience outside of you is an aspect of you wanting to be birthed. Who have you come here to be? 101 Possibilities for Contemplation is part daily reader, part spiritual practicum. Drenched in gorgeous imagery, each powerful page invites readers to dance, to leap, to sit still, to stand tall as they ponder the question, Who have I come here to be? Join the journey of self-discovery. Come explore the world within an infinite field of possibilities to discover who have you come here to be. To order your copy of Who Have I Come Here to Be? 101 Possibilities for Contemplation, go to www.whohaveyoucomeheretobe.com. That's www.whohaveyoucomeheretobe.com. Somewhere, tucked away in the Unity Library archives in Unity Village, Missouri, you can find a secret treasure. They are the scripts from Unity co-founder Charles Fillmore's early days on broadcast radio. The teachings of Unity's founders, almost a hundred years old. Now, for the first time in history, you can hear them through the power of the Internet. Join Bob Brock every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, For Unity Classic Radio, words from our past. Discover the wisdom of Charles Fillmore's talks and of other Unity Radio speakers read on the air again. Call in your comments and questions as Bob and his special guests revisit Unity Radio talks of the past, along with historical background from the early days of the Unity movement. That's Unity Classic Radio, words from our past, every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, Right here on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. You've been listening to Spirit of Recovery, the place where spirituality and recovery meet with Reverend Anna Schaus, Ph.D., If you have a question, comment, or experience with today's topic you'd like to share, call us now or email us at spiritofrecovery at unity.fm. We now return to Spirit of Recovery. 
Welcome back to Spirit of Recovery. I'm very glad that you're listening with us today. My name is Anna Schaus. I'm your host. And if you're just joining us, our topic today is You're Not Alone, Peer-to-Peer Recovery Support. And my guest is Joe Powell. Joe is a licensed chemical dependency counselor and also certified to work with dual diagnosis clients. And he is the executive director of the Association of Persons Affected by Addiction in Dallas, Texas. And that website is www.apaarecovery.org, apaarecovery.org. And you can go on there to find out the great work that Joe is doing. So, uh, Joe, before the break, you were telling us some about how uh, the recovery movement got started. We know Faces and Voices of Recovery is an organization. Uh, people can look up their website, too, facesandvoicesofrecovery.org, uh, to find out more about that. But if people they're in recovery here, wanted to be a recovery coach, how could they do that? Or can they get certified? Yes, yes, yes. Um, and that's where I was going to, uh, I guess, where we left off at to show that how that it moved from a national movement, you know, all the way to the, uh, uh, from the federal level. And then, of course, all of the guys uh, back in 2003 started this, uh, uh, 2002, we had the big summit. And then from there, we found Faces and Voices of Recovery from there, and we uh, was able to get Pat Taylor on board as the executive director. And, wow, I mean, it's just been uh, really a, <laughs> a lot of movement since uh, since Pat came on board because he's a true advocate. And then, of course, a great board of directors uh, uh, with uh, Merle uh, and uh, Carol McDay and uh, some just some great people. But I think that, yeah, they moved from there to the state level. At the federal level, I mean, when you look at phases and voices of recovery and even, of course, how that uh, even in the White House. And I've got to congratulate uh, Mike uh, Botticelli, uh, who was uh, today, I got the email, that he's going to be the deputy director for the Office of National Drug Control Policy. And that policy, and it actually says in his bio that he's a person in long-term recovery, uh, which is great to have to see that in the White House uh, recovery. And then also, as well as moving down to uh, that the state, you know, and it seems like things come from the top, you know, as always, <laughs> having a loving God, but always from the top. And then it trickles down and it gets down to where we need it to be and where it needs to be to help folks. So at the state level, you asked me about a certification for a, um, to be a recovery coach. We have some uh, some great movement going on right now at the state level, at the Department of State Health Services for Substance Use and Mental Health Services. And on the substance use side, we do have a champion right now that has uh, – that is working with the federal government to to really to bring recovery support services to scale. And that's one of the initiatives that's going on right now. It's called Brass Tax. And Brass Tax, Brass stands for bringing recovery support services to scale and the tax is the technical assistance centers. Uh, And that's like a recovery organization that can provide even technical assistance for other recovery organizations is coming up. But the recovery coach piece, which is so important for a recovery organization and what's moving throughout the country, uh, is that we do have two different types of coaching going on in the country right now. One is we call recovery specialists, which is mainly coming from the mental health side, but then we have recovery uh, coaching on the addiction recovery side. And what we've done with the state of Texas um, is that we, since we've been around now 14 years and we've had our own, we've had a training that we do along with other organizations around the country that have provided training and has put out recovery uh, template and, and Connecticut did a great job as far as their own recovery template and having that available for uh, people around the country. But I was, we 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 we, uh, we did uh, collaborate with the state, uh, with the Department of State Health Services to uh, to bring to come up with our own training for just for the state of Texas, and also to provide training in the in the state of Texas was able to look at that, and then to say you know that well there's four organizations in the state of Texas that can provide that it actually is doing recovery coaching and has been have some experience and been around for a while, and uh, those four organizations. Um, uh, again, my association of persons affected by addiction and recovery communities in Austin, Texas, is called uh, the Recovery Communities for Recovery. Is what it's called. And that's uh, Michael Lamb Hurst um, is the executive director down there. And then you have uh, 
Dylan West, who's uh, uh, Recovery Wellness and Recovery in Houston, Texas, and then Ben Bass with the Recovery Alliance in El Paso. And us four uh, are the, the state trainers for the certified recovery uh, coach training. And be a, a certified, you can have a certificate be a, to receive the certificate to be a recovery coach. Um, and of course, within that is a whole lot more of uh, professional, uh, um, um, I guess, um, board. There's a professional board that oversees us to make sure, again, that the standards and everything is in place and we track the recovery coaches for the safety of the community. Um, so it's a whole lot more. So, but right now, anyone that wants to be a certified uh, peer recovery coach or recovery coach, they can grandfather in if they went to uh, the website of the Department of State Health Services and looked up recovery coaching. Uh, and that's, all, that's one of the things that what we do. Great. So is that the Department of State? So, like, that's a federal website, or even if they visited your website, yeah. could they find their way, or how would how would they find that out? Yeah, yeah, that would be Texas site. That's the oh, the Texas, Texas site, right? Uh, right, right. That's the Texas Department of State Health Services. I see. There. So okay, that's, what about yeah, that's within other, Texas. other states? If if they, you, could they look on the Faces and Voices website and find... Faces and Voices of Recovery right now is is doing, we're doing some work around accreditation and for recovery organizations, not Mm -hmm. for individual recovery coaching. So because uh, Faces and Voices is a national organization, and and, and then we have have an organization within Faces and Voices called ARCO, uh, and that's a part of Faces and Voices, which stands for Associations of Recovery Organizations. So their job, and of course Faces and Voices want to see recovery organizations expand and be uh, uh, the best that they can be. So with that, with the recovery organizations uh, that's been around and also the advocates and people that provide, including Bill White, you know, they can provide technical assistance for recovery organizations to be accredited so they can actually help communities even more. As a recovery organization, that's why APA is able to help, you know, in so many ways because we, we do it as an organization. Um, but within organizations, for individuals that want to be, uh, if you want coaches to be certified, then you can do that through your own states. And every state is different when it comes to certifications. And, and again, like, like I said, uh, um, there is some, there is some, uh, some professional um, agencies that oversees, uh, that oversee recovery coaching in different areas. On the, uh, so like Georgia and Connecticut, every, every state does it a little bit different. There is right. professional organizations, though, that actually oversee those stuff. That's great. Yeah, that's great. It's a great avenue of, of service for people. So, Joe, yeah. what, I know that you've, you're you a professional in the field, and also, as you said, you're a recovering person, and you've certainly got your heart and soul uh, here into, into recovery in so many ways. How has being of service in this peer-to-peer uh, support idea, how's that affected you? How's that changed your life? Great question, great question. One of the things is, I guess, uh, to being a, a servant uh, leader and to know that, you know, that, wow, that it's been really a God deal for me to come all the way from uh, from Harlem, uh, from New York, and to come to Texas and be the only family member and learning and learning this new family and having this newfound family here that's just been with me ever since uh, for the 24 years. Uh, but I think that uh, early on, because of also uh, was able to just uh, meet people. Uh, you know, I grew up on stage in New York City. I was an entertainer, professional tap dancer, me and my two brothers and my dad for 15 huh. years. And we was, we was on television and Ted Mack, oh. Amateur, and Ebony Magazine and all that, and Carnegie wow. Hall, Radio City. Uh-huh. Yeah, so we did all of that till I was like, uh, you know, 18 years old. And then huh. when I... Uh, but you know, I ended up with uh, my drug being of choice, uh, heroin, and uh, and so going through detox and all that as a even as a teenager on stage. So what people saw on the outside wasn't really what was happening for me on the inside. Uh, and it was really scary times 
for me because uh, I'm talking about the 1950s and 60s. And so uh, so I enlisted uh, to go to Vietnam in 1970. I enlisted to go to Vietnam because uh, I saw on television that people were dying from heroin in Vietnam. And I said, wow, that's what a good dope is that over there in Vietnam. So where do I enlist that? And I enlisted because... I said the insanity of, of of my thinking at that time is that the good dope was over there, but really I was on a suicide mission. I see that I, that I wanted out and didn't know how to stop, didn't know how to get out, and I saw them dying in Vietnam, and I enlisted to go over there. You know, and of course God had other plans for me, uh, but that was one of the uh, areas there of suicide. You know, when the I guess killing. Uh, myself with addiction and alcoholism and then but I was able to see that uh when I came to Texas that was the end of my opiate career and uh uh and drug use, you know, but continued to drink alcohol and, until nineteen eighty eight. And uh and then, uh, you know, getting some loving folks and friends and uh, to help me uh, to go through this uh, was really, uh, and then learning about God and moving into a whole other uh, area of service. Uh, and then when this came up, of course, uh, what, four I'm sorry years? That our, our, unfortunately, our, our show's uh, time is up here. But, Joe, uh, thank you so much. I appreciate you telling us uh, your story and for and for the gift of spirit and God's presence in your life. And, and you have, uh, through that, really made and are making such a difference uh, for other people. So thank you so much for what you're doing. Thank you for your service. And thank you so much for being our guest today here on Spirit of Recovery. I appreciate it. Thank you, Anna. Appreciate it. God bless. And friends, join right. us uh, next week. We're going to be talking about soul repair uh, next week with some guests that are doing some very interesting things with veterans. So again, thanks to my guest, Joe Powell, and for all that he has shared with us today. God bless. Thank you for tuning in to Spirit of Recovery with Reverend Anna Schaus, Ph.D., and her guests. Join Anna and her guests live every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. Pacific for down-to-earth ideas on keeping spirituality in the heart of your recovery. Spirit of Recovery, only on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. This program is brought to you in part by Soul Matters Ministry in Olympia, Washington, committed to bringing light to the soul. Online at www.soulmatters-spiritworks.org. Love the Bible or hate it, turn to it daily or refuse to have it in your house. The Bible Alive, Exploring Your Spiritual Roadmap is a program designed just for you. Here on Unity FM, Unity Minister Rev Ed Townley presents the Bible as a practical, powerful spiritual roadmap full of wisdom and guidance for the challenges of life today. A roadmap for your spiritual journey. Isn't that just what you are seeking? Join us every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Central Time, 4 p.m. Eastern, for The Bible Alive, exploring your spiritual roadmap with Rev. Ed Townley, only on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. Music Speaks Louder Than Words is an inspiring, informative, and fun hour of uplifting, heartfelt music and commentary that delivers a powerful message of love, joy, and oneness. It will keep you smiling and singing along. Your host, Dale Worley, is alive with the Spirit of God each Thursday afternoon at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern, with Music Speaks Louder Than Words. Music, it's the only thing that the whole world listens to. Inspiration only takes a moment. Reverend Dr. Thomas Shepard shares this from his book, Good Questions. 
We are here to learn, grow, experience, savor, exalt, cherish, create, and to use our connection with that mind to make safe decisions. We are here to share, to be fruitful, and to multiply the good over and over again. Centering on the divine within, we become still and realize that whatever happens, we are still one with God. This meditative moment is brought to you by Unity. Are you ready for deeper spiritual breakthroughs? Have you wondered how to apply spiritual principles to your everyday life in practical ways? Do you feel your soul is calling you to deeper purposes? Join Rev. Galen McDowell live every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Central for Truth Transforms, a discussion on how God within you, as you, is the power to transform your life. If you really believe that consciousness determines your experiences and that you are an individualized expression of God, join us as we help awaken and transform the consciousness of humanity. We will discuss, through lecture, live interviews and call-in questions, spiritual healing, prayer, prosperity, forgiveness, new thought views about eternal life, and much more. The world is waiting for your truth transformation, only on Unity Online Radio. Life is hard. And sometimes you need a little help and guidance. I'm Laura West, host of a Guided Life podcast, and I believe that help is all around us. We just have to ask for it. The universe has a way of guiding us forward with the help of our past loved ones, angels, spirit guides, and ascended masters. On the podcast, I love to explore these ideas with incredible guests and let people know that they are never alone. Make sure you subscribe and follow so you can join me on this journey part of the mindbodyspirit.fm network and wherever you get your podcasts.